We are raw and real mothers sharing our struggles, triumphs, and everything in between. We are all about being authentic and sharing who we are. None of us have it all together. We know how hard motherhood is. We also know how joyful motherhood is. We're here to grow with you. We're here to empower and support each other. As we share our hearts, we become stronger. Our stories bring us together. The mother heart is within every woman. I'm Kylie, and I'm so happy to be here with all of you lovely ladies and anyone else who's listening. I will be hosting today's Mother Heart Circle discussion, and we have decided to talk about the gift of guilt. Um, So I just want to preface it with um, my thoughts um, surrounding guilt. It may seem kind of odd um, to call guilt a gift, and which is why I think this is such a great um, topic for discussion. Um, So uh Brene Brown in her one of her books actually probably like many of her books she actually talks about the difference between shame and guilt and guilt um says oh I feel bad for doing this um for this wrong thing I've done and shame says I am bad for this wrong thing I've done and um and I think a lot of or too often we confuse um guilt or shame for guilt. And so um, we think that shame is this, you know, belittling or guilt is this belittling thing that tells us we can't succeed. We're not good enough. um, We're bad people or whatever the negative statement is. I am that negative thing rather than I did this thing and I am feeling bad or I'm feeling sorry for what I did. Um, And then to take it another level, um, there's godly sorrow and godly sorrow, um, to me represents, uh, an innate and unchanging guilt that we have. I see it as we are all these divine beings. And when we move away from our true selves, we're naturally going to have a feeling, um, that I call godly sorrow. Um, and the problem with, um, in our world or in our experience in our life, um, I've noticed, or at least this is what I've observed for myself and what I believe is, um, while guilt doesn't say I am, um, bad or I am evil or I am whatever, someone can help me. Um, so guilt is to me a higher, um, higher way of thinking or feeling or expressing or acknowledging or receiving whatever it is we're experiencing than shame. Um, However, we may, because of our paradigm and our experiences, um, end up um, experiencing more guilt um, than we need to because of the beliefs that we have created about our lives. and godly sorrow, um, when we have true godly sorrow, we cannot feel guilty. So th- the difference between godly sorrow is guilt is with with guilt, we can remove those feelings of guilt um, once we recognize. Rachel, can you expand on that? Once we recognize the lies that we have created for ourselves that now we're feeling guilty for being inadequate in a certain area due to... Uh, false belief that we're carrying and godly sorrow is all encompasses truth. So anyway, so let's discuss that and how guilt and specifically godly sorrow is a gift for us and also what guilt teaches us and um, even shame. So to me, guilt moves us to action to make things right and shame makes us crumble and shrink and not want to do anything at least it does for me but the true guilt when we see our actions um in the truth and in the light it makes us want to move to action to make it right and then godly sorrow to me is um i usually pray for godly sorrow because i truly believe that all sin roots in relationships so when i pray for godly sorrow i'm always praying to know Um, I pray for godly sorrow to be able to see that person correctly and to see how my actions have affected them. And then I have compassion and that moves me to want to change or to make it right again. 
So that's just my thoughts. Um, sometimes I feel like if I'm not careful with guilt, I can somehow in my mind, I can hold on to it too tightly and it could turn into shame. I have to be careful because um, I'll end up self-sabotaging if it does head in yeah. that direction of shame, the guilt that I begin with. And so, yeah, in my life, I've had to recognize, okay, I feel guilt. Why am I feeling guilt? And then I tell myself, okay, this and this happened. This is why, which means I need to probably make a change. What change can I make? But if I don't have those thoughts, then that shame easily sneaks down into guilt. And I, uh, I spiral downward, down, more and more down, and I, I start to not like myself, and I don't give myself the compassion I need. And so that's the difference for me between guilt and shame. Shame causes self-hate and things that wound the heart and wound the mind. And eventually it can also wound the body if we're not careful. So for me, um, having known a lot of people who, or works with, I don't know, just there's people who don't feel guilt. And that is bad news because they don't have the ability to stop their bad behavior and they just hurt people and destroy lives really left and right because they don't, they don't have that sense of guilt. And so that it is a gift because it keeps us from hurting ourselves, hurting others. And yeah. Yeah. But for me, the thing that is, it's similar to Ana Maria, what differentiates shame and guilt is with guilt, I see a positive action that I can take going forward. And it feels kind of encouraging, like uplifting. And that for me feels like godly sorrow because it's godly, like, oh, wow, I. I can make this improvement here and it would really make things better. And I'm excited to do this thing. So yeah. there's like a positive energy with it. And with shame, it's just so negative. Like, yeah, just negative. Just like I can't, I can't move mm-hmm. forward. Yeah. It actually it digs be- us into a hole. Yeah. 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 Shame makes me feel completely stuck. Yeah. Like I can't move. So we don't have to ever feel the shame. And I think it's important to understand that. So we can, when we recognize that shame, we can refute it. And, and, and with the truth, um, I'm trying to think of an example, like a, a specific example, but um, we, I can't think of one right now. I have an experience, but not like a particular concrete example. Um, so. I have an and idea, I, like say... Um, I believe I'm not worthy or I'm not good enough. And that is an example of shame. Somewhere down the line in my life, I experienced something that made me, or I accepted this belief that I'm not good enough for this and this person or this and this situation. And, um, so then you need to bring in the light, the truth, like you were saying, Kylie, you need to identify the lie because shame is all about life. There's no truth mm-hmm. in shame. Mm-hmm. And so we take the shame, we identify the lies. And this is what I did a year ago. Um, it was so powerful for me. And I identified so many words that I held on to my whole life. And I crossed them out and I asked my heavenly parents, I said, what is the truth? I need to know the truth. And as I cross each word out, I cross out not good enough or not worthy with cherished. I would put light and truth where those lies used to be. And that helped me step into my true self. I was no longer in shame, but I was in myself. I love that. that. A powerful place to be. So guilt to me, or no, guilt involves love and self-compassion. And we've talked a lot about self-compassion lately, Um, but guilt goes hand in hand with love. And so if you're ever wondering, like, am I feeling shame and, and should I be feeling this feeling? Is this what I should be feeling for this wrong thing I did? If there's not love there for yourself, if you can't feel it, then you can pretty easily realize that you're in a place of shame rather than a space of guilt. And you can walk through 
um, some steps of creating truth, of refuting those false beliefs and creating positive affirmations, truths um, to move, shift out of that place of shame into guilt, which will allow you to propel forward in life. And guilt is a hopeful, a hopeful um, experience. Um, can I just want to share a little bit about um, my background um, learning about guilt. Um, so there was a period of, in my life where, actually, we'll just go way back. Um, I had learned to completely detach from my feelings. So Tanya, you were talking about there's some people who don't feel guilt. So I was like, I completely detached because there were some huge emotions that I experienced in my um, growing up years that were too hard. And um, I detached so heavily that then I, I had a hard time recognizing my guilt. And, um, and I was running from it. And when I would feel this feeling of guilt, I would run from it until the guilt felt monstrous. And instead of learning from this feeling of guilt, um, I avoided it at all costs, um, which just made it grow and grow and grow. And then instead of staying in that space of guilt because of how heavy it felt, I then um, took myself into a space of shame. So fast forward, and I started to realize this pattern by blessed miracle of um, detaching. And I began to recognize this guilt as a gift. And um, when, the, when the guilt would come up, um, it didn't feel comfortable for me. Um, I didn't feel like, whoo, I'm so happy inside. And I think there's different levels of, of guilt, but I didn't feel like amazing inside. And I learned um, that that guilt was a signal for me to, to take an action step, to, to make a change. And um, when I first started taking that action step, it actually was really uncomfortable because I would make that change and then the guilt was still there. And it was like, why? you know, why am I doing this? I'm feeling awful inside. I just feel really uncomfortable. Like my, I don't feel good in my stomach. I feel I'm having this emotion. Um, and, but slowly I realized that, um, by taking those right action steps that it, it wouldn't happen right away, but the guilt would slowly subside. And it came to a point where pretty soon if I felt guilty, um, okay, I'm just going to, so my guilt was, um, I love to re research and learn and um, I can get really obsessed and carried away. And I would spend so much time on the computer that I would end up neglecting my kids. And I was like, wanted to detach from it because I didn't want to like, um, I didn't want to feel those feelings of guilt. I'm like busy, I'm learning, I'm studying, I'm doing all these things. But then it would come up and I would try to be like, well, that guilt is unwarranted. It shouldn't be there. I have no need to feel guilty because I'm doing a good thing. Like this does not need to be here. Goodbye guilt. But the more I did it, the bigger it got until it was like, okay, my conscience is speaking to me and I can't ignore it anymore. And so I, you know, started instead of being afraid of that guilt, which I had done my whole life, I had just any big emotion, whether it was guilt, whether it was fear, I just shoved away so that I didn't have to feel it because there were some scary emotions. And so I was doing the same thing with guilt and I'm being really long winded, but the point I'm trying to make is um, that there's hope at the end of our guilt. Always. There's always hope at the end of our guilt. And the more I practice responding and listening to what my guilt was trying to show me and teach me, which was step away, step away from what you're doing. It's time to, you know, focus on something else. Um, then a lot of, at first I had a lot of anxiety, like, oh no, is, am I just going to feel guilty like all day? And then a little, you know, the spirit would come and whisper to my soul, it's going to be okay. Like in time, as you keep doing what's right, like this feeling will subside and you'll feel the peace again. And so now if ever I start to feel the guilt, it's like, oh, wait a second. This is my cue. I know what this is. This is my, um, just my like kind reminder that I can choose something different and be, um, and, and be at peace again. And I'm not saying that like being on the computer is a wrong thing. So that could be like enmeshed in like my own personal, like beliefs about whatever, like 
Um, but for me, that was a, a really helpful teaching tool to help me to, sh to change my actions. And now I have changed my actions um, because of, of the guilt. So now whenever I do feel guilt for any reason, I am very thankful for it. Okay, I'm going to stop. I'm going to let someone else share. I had some things come to me while we've been talking and it was guilt. You guys can tell me if this is same for you, but guilt comes first and it comes pretty quickly after you make a choice that maybe wasn't the right choice or did something. Um, it comes first. If you ignore it and you let it fester and let it keep going without taking the action step, then that can eventually turn into shame. Like, in all aspects and tied to limiting beliefs and tied to lies and all kinds of things. But I think it's the gift because it comes first and God gives us that opportunity to act quickly and be like, okay, this is part of repenting quickly too. It's just like, take this action real fast and it will not lead you down this path. So those are kind of the thoughts I was having when you were talking. Yeah. Well, the one thing that, that came to my mind too, um, Kylie was when you were like, well, you know, being studying and researching on the computer is a good thing. So why do I feel guilty doing this? Right. Well, I think there's a difference between good things and the right thing. Right. Like there's so many good things that we could be doing. But are those are any of those the right thing? And so what we need to identify is what is the right thing for me to be doing right now? Or what is the right thing for me to spend my time on? Or you know what I mean? Like, um, because there's lots of good things that we can spend our time on, but they may not be the right thing for for this time in our lives. Especially if you if you're a mother and you have small children that need to be taken care of, right? Like, yeah, researching is a good thing to do. Um, so is going to school. So is traveling. But is that the right thing for you to be doing right now as a mother of small children, right? And so so um, that guilt was a trigger to say, look, yeah, this is a good thing, but that's not the right thing. You're not doing the right thing right now because your children need you. They need your attention. They need you, to, you know? And so I think, I think as a mother, I mean, we feel guilt all the time and, and some of it I think is unwarranted. Honestly, it's, it's, um, but I think it's definitely important to listen to those feelings, listen to the guilt if you're feeling guilty, because like, for example, you know, I'm spending time with my son and, you know, really giving him one-on-one -on -one attention because he needs it. But then I start feeling guilty because I'm not spending time with my, my daughters. Right. And so then I'm like, oh man, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to do this good thing, but now I'm neglecting my other children and but I'm also neglecting doing dinner right now because and it's dinner time and we're all hungry you know but my my baby's crying and I really should be you know taking care of the baby it's like oh and and you start feeling guilty because oh my house is a mess and my kids are having to live in this messy house but <clears throat> but I'm playing with them so I shouldn't be guilty about the messy house right like you just go round and round and round and so I think but the guilt is trying to tell you, look, really look at your situation and think, what is the right thing for me to be doing right now? What's the most important thing? And, you know, we can divide our time doing a couple of different things. Our our daughters will be fine. You know, the daughters will be fine for a few minutes while I spend time with my son. I don't have to feel guilty about that. And, you know, the house can wait while I play with my kids, except for at dinner time when I have to do dinner. You know what I mean? Like, so it's really easy to just constantly feel guilty for every choice that we make because it's taking away from other things. And, and so maybe just sitting down and saying, you know, I think it's reasonable to, to and, and it feels right to spend this amount of time with each of my kids each week, this amount of time doing, you know, researching and doing this for me and doing this for my house or whatever right and like really making a plan so that you don't have to feel guilty when you're in one place and all these other things are yelling at you because you've made a spot for all of them you know what I mean yeah and can I add to that so I think God has very I mean 
we create we create so many more expectations than God has for us in in so many ways. Like he has like the you know the commandments like thou shalt not kill, thou shalt not steal, that there's like those basic things, but all of the little details oftentimes we're creating those like expectations for ourselves which then can um can create the guilt and I think for me one important thing to recognize was like for my individual personality and in order to feel my highest best self I feel like I need to be doing things this and this and this thing in this order and I know I'm honoring myself if I do that and so for me sometimes the guilt was comes up because I'm not honoring my own self it's not really oh I'm doing something wrong it's like my highest self knows that I want something better than what I'm doing for myself. And my inner conscience is telling me and reminding me, hey, you want this. And I'm trying to help you remember so that you can achieve that because I know you can. And it's not, hey, you want this and it's unachievable. So feel guilty for every single thing you're not achieving. That would be more perfectionistic. Um, which can create a lot of guilt too. If we think we need to immediately be, you know, at a certain space that's so far beyond where we're at in life. Yeah, I think that's that's really powerful. I had a person share a story with me one time, and he said, um, "I wish I would have acted on the guilt right away when I made these choices, because it would have stopped my whole path." And he ended up like becoming really involved in drugs and it really took over his life. And he's like, I remember that first time that I, when I had guilt and I knew I should have stopped and turned around and showed, made a different choice and, you know, asked for help or, you know, told someone, didn't keep it a secret, like just acted on that guilt right away because it would have changed the direction of his life. And I thought, wow, that's really powerful. Like how powerful that gift of um, guilt is because it really can change the direction of our lives or the course of our lives in small, I mean, those small, simple ways. That makes me think of Brene Brown has said, um, I've heard her say, shame loves secrecy. So just sharing that will help us propel, move out of shame into guilt and propel us forward into a positive direction. I think that, you know, uh, I think the, the thought that came to me, Rachel, was just that it's so important to teach our ki- our children that that guilty feeling it is not comfortable it is it is not a comfortable feeling it's we don't like it you know like it's just but to teach them that that is a, a, such a gift you know i love that the thought that guilt is a gift and yes it's uncomfortable and yes it's you know maybe it's embarrassing or you know it, it feels scary or whatever but like to move through that guilt to a place of peace and hope is to move forward, to move, to, to apologize, to make that action immediately. Like, okay, this is telling me that what I'm doing is not who I am, is not who I want to be. And that I need to take this step and move forward to get out of it rather than, because what we usually do when we feel guilty is to, to hide and to run away but like to help our children know that this that this feeling and 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 repentance right when you talk about guilt a lot of times it it's uh you think of repentance right and you associate repentance with that guilty feeling that ugh. um but it's like repentance is the hope it's the peace it's the and you move towards that repentance towards the peace and the hope by doing some hard things by apologizing by you know making things right by repaying the debt of you know so to speak and that's hard uh but it's so much quicker and easier and and better to move towards the repentance and towards that hope than to hide and run away you know and so to to help our children know that like and ourselves as well like you know, I've, there's been plenty of times where I've said something or I've done something to maybe offend somebody. And then I'm like, oh, man, should I should I text them and say, sorry, should I call them? What should I do? Maybe it's not a big deal and I can just let it slide. But, you know, just do it. Just do it. <laughs> do that thing and then move forward and be done with it. You know, like 
it's much better to feel that for such for a short amount of time than like you said hide and then change maybe the course of your life because of it so anyway Vanessa I was having those exact same thoughts a lot of what you were saying um right before you started talking like and I know Rachel has been as well like we need to teach our children these truths that that guilt is a gift and it's it's not something to that we need to take and allow to fester and turn into shame, which then shame turns into depression. And then depression turns into other horrible mental illnesses, right? So I believe that um, guilt is God's gift, but then Satan takes that gift and twists it. And he uses that for his purposes. And that's where we need to have our boundaries. We need to have boundaries, which to me, are lines of love. We need to have lines of love around guilt and be like, this is good. I'm grateful for this. And then not allow it to um, transform in a way or mutate into shame, which then Satan takes and pulls us further and further down. Right. But what a gift. Like I am so grateful for all of you and so grateful for this podcast where we can share these truths that come to our minds and hearts because I have sat many times with my children in the car, just speaking to them individually from truths that I've learned from each of you and teaching them how to get through something. And I'm so grateful for these with this wisdom, this collective wisdom from each of you. So thank you. Thank you all so much. So can I um, shift we're, we're kind of, oh, Shirley, did you want to say something first? Yeah. And then I, to, I wanted to add a comment. I haven't said anything yet. So I wanted to add my thought. And it's a little bit, it's more along the lines of shame, not so much guilt. Um, so I was, so I was thinking about an experience I had today. And I was like, it was misplaced shame that I was feeling. Um, so, and I've already talked to you guys about this um, outside of this podcast, but so I homeschool my ki- my two youngest children. One's a third grader and one's a kindergartner. And um, so my kind I had scheduled a reading test for my like end of year reading test with the school district for my kindergartner. <clears throat> and so when we started doing the test, it was a, a Zoom call, um, and she wasn't an- she wasn't answering the questions correctly and things like that. I started feeling shame, like heavy shame it wasn't guilt it bypassed that totally it was shame like I'm a bad mom um you know like I you know she isn't learning this stuff like what's wrong like even like against her like what's wrong with her like all of these really awful thoughts okay and um so then I started like thinking about it and I'm like okay this is not even true none of this is even true I have spent all school year working with my child on, you know, learning the letters, learning the sounds, all this stuff. She is not dumb. She is learning at the skill level that she is able to. Um, You know, we're doing our best. We're doing our part. And so I had to recognize that there was misplaced shame. I shouldn't be feeling those feelings at all. Like, you know, what else is going on that was like triggering that, triggering that shame for me with my child. And then because, well, in the beginning, I was reacting to that shame, like, oh my gosh, uh, Pearl, pay attention, or like, come on, don't you know this, or whatever, like that was kind of like, and like, I was almost resorting to threats, because she would, she was not wanting to cooperate with the teacher, when she didn't know the answer, she didn't know how to say, oh, I don't know the answer, she would just put her head down, or whatever, and I was like, lift your head, come on, talk, you know, see keep, keep trying, keep working. And, um, uh, so like halfway through, she like ran away. So I like went and talked to her and I'm like, it's okay. If you don't know something, you can tell the teach, you know, can, you can tell the instructor, um, that you don't know it. And then we can just move on rather than like, I don't know this. And then I feel all this heaping shame and stuff. So anyway, I just wanted to mention that, that something, that's something that I don't know as part of this topic that we can suffer from is like misplaced shame or even misplaced guilt. Like 
should I even be feeling bad about that? Like, maybe not. Maybe, maybe, you know, maybe it's okay. Like, maybe I can just, <laughs> yeah, I'm not doing something wrong in this situation when I think I am, but I'm not. Yeah. So, um, I just wanted to point that out too, because a lot of times as mothers, we all are here, we can be really hard on ourselves and, um, and feel bad for things that maybe aren't really as serious as we, you know, it's up to us. It's up to, we need to listen to our own conscience to make that decision. Like, am I, you know, and I feel like, I feel like God is really compassionate and loving towards us. And, and, and I, I look at the way I look at my own kids, like when they do something bad, like say sorry and right the wrong, like, don't do it anymore. Try to not do it anymore. Like, just do it better the next time. And let's move on. Let's not hang on to it anymore. Just let it go. Learn the lesson you need to learn. Let's move on. Okay. And rather than like, oh, you know, just like <laughs> being ourselves up constantly about it. So anyway, those were just a few of my thoughts, my own personal experience. I really like that, Shirley. The misplaced, misplaced shame and misplaced guilt. Because, you know, I think sometimes, like you said, we can just try and be perfectionistic or overly like overachievers, so to speak, especially in mothering and feel guilty for not reaching our own expectations, mm -hmm. you know, when we don't even know what really those expectations might be. Mm -hmm. And so I think it's really good to like, okay, am I nurturing my child? Is it, do they have enough food? Do they have shelter? Am I loving them? Do we have some quality time together every day? Okay, then I am taking good care of them. And just because they don't have all the toys in the world or they don't have, you know, the, the education or they don't have all these, you know, trips that, that everyone else is going on, whatever, like that doesn't mean that I'm a, I'm a bad mom just because they don't have like the perfect clothes on all the time or they, they don't act exactly the way I want them to, you know, like, it's it's really easy to judge ourselves on misplaced things. So I think that's important to like, we can feel guilt. But I think, again, if we are feeling guilt, then we can look at it. And, is it real guilt? Am I really doing something not right that I need to make a change? Or do I need to make a change with my expectations? Or with my thinking. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I wanted to add one more thing. Um, so like, okay, what I should be doing, I should be doing the X, Y, Z. Um, I think it's important that we understand that we have these higher desires, like within ourselves. Um, I like to call them the righteous desires, like the good things. If we can hone in on that, and that can be our compass for like, what is, what is correct for me? And, um, you know, it may not be correct for another person, but like if I'm honing in on my righteous and my higher desires, that's, you know, and God's, and, you know, with God's help, God can help me see those things. Um, I, I know I'm, I'm doing what's right and what is correct for me. And I can avoid a lot of those pitfalls with, you know, guilt and shame as I'm working on working in that direction with my higher desires. So just wanted to add that thought as well. <laughs> I, really so I was it. just thinking that um, I, I missed a bunch of what you said, so hopefully this isn't overlapping what anyone else said, but there's a scripture that says that which doth not edify is not of God and is darkness. And so that for me makes it really clear. Is what I'm feeling edifying? No, it's not. Or yes, it is. And that helps a lot. And I think one thing that does not edify is when we compare ourselves to others. And that brings up so much shame and guilt. Not guilt, shame. Shame. And, and when God speaks to us, when those, when we need correction, it will feel edifying. It won't feel shaming, like you're not doing good. I like that. I love that. It's so simple, too. Just Well, and the next part of that, yeah, the next part of that is that which is of God is light. It so, grows brighter and brighter. Yeah, until it's perfect. I imagine feeling guilt accompanied with God. I feel this. Kylie, you need to move closer. We can't hear you. Oh, sorry. When I envision 
feeling guilt um, in communion with God, I, I imagine him saying, well, it's okay. It's okay. You can do this. You've got this. You're so good. You can do this. You're a great person. You're such a wonderful person. You're doing an awesome job. You can do this new thing. It's going to, it's going to work out. Just, just take one little step, one little step at a time and you'll get better at this. And I like to think of, um, so I recently sculpted, um, I, I, I decided to take a whack at sculpting for the first time. And I thought I'm, I've drawn and I've painted a lot. And so I thought, oh, you know, I can sculpt something because I know how to paint and I know how to draw. So why not sculpt? And I started and I was like, I'm just going to make a face. And it looked so ridiculous. Like it didn't look anything like a person when I first started. And I was like, wait, what's going on? Like, why isn't this working? I can't imagine if I at that moment was like, I am so bad. I'm so awful. I should never pick up pottery again. But instead I sat and I molded and molded and molded and messed with the clay and experimented and watched a YouTube video and did all these things until I figured out what, how to, how to mold that properly. And in the end, I ended up being able to create something that I was really pleased with and actually like was really surprised that I was able to make it that well in the end from where in the beginning we were kind of laughing about I was like, this is supposed to be a face. Isn't that funny? It looks nothing like it. And I think of God the same way and how, and our, our feeling of, of guilt. Um, it's really just, it's kind of like creating a beautiful uh, masterpiece. Um, you're creating a piece of art. And um, if it's your first time painting or sculpting, it would I mean, it would just not be cool to to shame yourself and to degrade yourself if you didn't get it right the first time. So um, I have a thought coming to me that shame, um, guilt is not a reflection of who we are at all. It's not intended to reflect yeah. on our character or who we are one single tiny little bit. It doesn't involve who we are. It is solely a signal. And it's a gift because it's God's signal saying, stop, change direction. <laughs> like so. It can be so boiled down to very simple principle. And I love that I recognize that because I want to recognize guilt quicker now because of this discussion and just not even let it go further. I love that, Rachel, so, because I have a question. Oh, sorry. I'm oh, sorry. Go and then I, I love it because <clears throat> it's like you can feel the guilt. It's a signal that comes, but it's not who you are. And often I think when shame starts coming is we're identifying with that as this is who we are. This is who I am. So I love seeing what you were saying, Rachel, that guilt is a signal to us to shift directions, to change. I think all of our feelings are. And I just am realizing because I have always kind of run away from um, feelings and stuff. And I, I realized that all of our feelings are gifts. And I've always like tried to avoid the negative ones and just like uh, notice the positive ones and stuff, you know, like, um, and, and feelings have always been kind of, I don't know. Uh, I, I always wonder, well, why do we have feelings? But like they're signals. I love that, that they are signals to us that, that we need to look closer at something and, you know, that, uh, so that we can recognize the good things and we can recognize the bad things. We can recognize when we need to make a change or when we need to, we need to notice other people. Anyway, so I, feelings in general are a gift from our father in heaven so that not only we can, can we enjoy life more, but we can also be guided in the directions that we take. Um, and so that's because we were just talking about the gift of resentment um, with Julia de Azevedo, Hanks, and and how that's a, an indicator that we need to set a boundary. Guilt is a, an indicator that we need to make a change. And so, um, and and we even talked about just in our private conversation how uh, anger is also a gift too. So we'll have to maybe talk about that as well. But anyway, our gifts are our feelings. <laughs> What's that? Sorry, I was gonna say we can go through all the emotions and talk about <laughs> how each one is a gift and why. Right. Thank you, Janessa, for sharing that because it really is helping me solidify what I'm trying to learn 
inside of myself instead of attaching to all these emotions and really being upset with myself. It gets me nowhere. But if I can look at them as a signal from God and a gift, then um, it's seeming a lot more simple to me right now in this moment than it has before. <laughs> so. so here's my question for you guys. So um, I don't know if you have observed the same thing, but I have observed this in my life. In, in the culture of, um, I would say, in not just... Um, as members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, but just among um, churchgoers, um, religious people in within that culture, um, there is this gap. And I've noticed there um, that some people, and I've read about, can become trapped in this cycle of guilt um, because um, within, um, uh, un- because God has set really high standards for us. So my question for you is with the framework of the gospel of Jesus Christ and, and wanting to follow his commandments, how do we navigate this, um, the, the cycle of that perpetuated guilt? Um, and how do we shift out of that into a higher place? Um, so that we're not experiencing this, uh, constant, state of guilt because I don't think Heavenly Father wants us and I don't think it's has ever been his attention intention for us to just feel guilty for everything we're falling short of. Yes, we fall short. We all do. We're human beings and we and he knows and we know that we're imperfect. So do you guys have any thoughts um, to share that might help some people who are struggling with that feeling of incessant guilt and not knowing how to be um, a churchgoer or um, live that life and not be stuck in a a state of, of constant guilt. That's a really big question. (laughs) It is. I'm still pondering on the answer. So give me a minute. Okay. (laughs) I think it's a really important question to ask and we're, we're brainstorming here together. And I think we can come to some, um, Kylie, my thought, my thought on that is that, Great. Now my mind just went blank. <laughs> but it's getting very late. <laughs> and <laughs> um, that as that we can ask God how he feels about us. And when we receive that answer, then we can let go of the guilt. And we can do that every day. And we should do that every day. Is ask him, where do I stand with you? And I think that we will be comforted by that answer. And we can then feel his love fill our soul mm-hmm. and let go of the guilt. I love yeah. that. And God is a God of light and truth. And incessant guilt is shame if it's incessant. And so we need to always identify lies. That is, Satan is the father of all lies, right? Yeah. Satan takes the shame, twists it, and then we're in trouble. So we take like what Tanya was saying, we just give light and truth. And ask God, ask him, what is, well, how does he feel about it? I love that, both of you. That I feel like is right on point. I think that's exactly like understanding his love. And um, Janessa, do you want to share something? You kind of. Well, that's exactly what I was going to say. It's just that, that, you know, if you're feeling incessant guilt, like, because you feel like you never measure up or whatever, I think understanding that the Lord loves us so much. And like you said, he wants us to, to feel loved. He wants us to, to succeed. And he's not looking at every little, he's not checking. Oh, uh, they made another mistake. Oh, oh, they didn't, you know, like he's not, guess what? When like, think about the little toddler that is trying to learn how to walk. And, and they're getting up and they're wobbly and they keep falling down over and over again. Like, that's us. That's us to him. He's looking at us like he loves us so much and he just wants to encourage us. Oh, just keep trying. You're doing great. You know, just, just keep trying. Like, he is not going, oh, you fell again. Oh, you tripped. Oh, you wobbled. No, he's not looking at us like that. He's seeing that we're trying and we just keep trying and he wants he wants us to succeed. And so... And and here's the thing is he's he's the one that's created a way for us to succeed because 
you know, our, our value doesn't change depending on what we do or what we don't do. It's not, our lives are not a measure of, of, you know, all the good things compared to all the bad things. Oh, well, we did one more good thing than better thing then. So I guess we're saved. You know, no, we all need the Lord and we all need to be saved and he's saving all of us. And so he just wants us to try as hard as we can, whether that's a small amount or a large amount. And he's saving us. He's going to save us as long as we are following him. And it's not about earning our way. It's not about, um, you know, whether we are, you know, like we all have value and it's not going to change whether it's like that, that hundred dollar bill. It doesn't matter if it's been crushed and soaked in dirt and, you know, thrown on the ground, that hundred dollar bill is still a hundred dollar bill. I mean, let's not go into economics here, but <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, uh, in a way we don't, we don't change value. The Lord loves us. Does that make sense? Yeah. So I, I had a thought when you asked the question and this just came to me, um, is ask ourselves, what is our intention? Like, what is our intention to follow the commandments? What is our intention to read the book of Mormon? What is our intention? Like our, what is our intention when we made that mistake? I guarantee it's full of a lot of compassion and understanding and pure desire and pure love and love of God and love of those around us, we have pure intentions. And I think if we can look back on our hearts and we can say, you know what, this is what I purely wanted to do. This is where the, I'm coming from. This was is my intention. Then it can give us compassion for ourselves and get us out of that guilt cycle and get us out of that have to do cycle and get us to a place of authenticity that this is why I'm doing this because I want to, because I love myself and I love God. And, and if, just pray to know that pure intent, like to know why you're doing something or why you're not doing something or whatever. I just pure intention. That's all that came to me. I'm I not, that. I don't know all the details. I listened to someone once say, um, you know, we may look at other people and say, Oh, well look at this wrong choice they made. Or why did they make, why did they take that path? What were they thinking? Or even to ourselves, like, why did we make that choice? And he said, but if you were to go way back in time, and you were to go back to that moment, you would make the exact same choice because there's a reason that you made that choice. And just like you're saying, Rachel, there, there was a good, there's often, most often, if not always, there's a good intention to why we make choices that maybe later on we're like, oh, that was such a mistake. But I, God sees that. And I love that. We can learn to recognize that in ourselves and see our good intention and acknowledge that that's so awesome well and i think even if there if there is a bad intention like it feels good to get revenge sometimes it feels good to like needle someone and like be rude or whatever to like show them whatever <clears throat> but i think even through that the lord still he understands he had an experience he lived this life he knows uh how it feels to interact with people he knows how it feels to to want to you know be bad maybe even though he wasn't <laughs> but i i believe he he still understands that and and has compassion with you know those those false desires that we have as well and and uh and is still compassionate with us and still loves us and is understanding just like when you know toddlers fight and they're like no, you stole my toy, bang, you know, and, and hits the neighboring toddler. I think that's still how he sees us, like, you know, okay, I understand why you hit the neighbor, you know, your friend, because they stole your toy, but, you know, that's yeah. that's not okay. You know, just like a loving parent would, like, it's okay, but let's try and be better. And uh, uh, so if we think of ourselves like, hey, we're still toddlers in this whole human experience and you know and so that's how the lord sees us and he still loves us and and is compassionate um but he does want us to try to be better of course yeah so thank you i love all of those thoughts and um i'm just gonna well did, did anyone have any last words before i wrap up okay so um just to recap um 
and share my final thoughts. We are divine beings. And um, honestly, I can't see experiencing guilt in a hopeful way without knowing God's love for me. I love the comment that was shared about that and all of the comments after that. Um, and I just want to share right now that I know that each of you are divine beings and each of you um, came here and chose to come here for a great and noble cause. And um, before we came here, um, we were noble followers of Jesus Christ. And we are still those divine beings. And um, the, the best and really the, the only way to truly understand ourselves is to know God and to know how he feels about us. And I can tell you right now, there is not much greater than feeling the love that God and Jesus Christ have for me. So I want to challenge anyone listening or anyone here among us or and even myself um, that if we're ever stuck in a cycle of guilt or shame to really ask God how he sees us and to really get to know him and and really strive um, to have a relationship with him so that you can feel his incredible, all-encompassing love for you because his love is always there. Whether you're making an incredible choice or a not incredible choice, he's not there to criticize. He's not there to judge. He's there to love you and encourage you and, and fill you with hope. And so I want to share that as my final words. And um, I'm so thankful for our Savior and his atonement because it gives us hope. And there is hope. Thank you for listening. Thank you so much for joining our Mother Heart Circle. Please send us your thoughts, inspiration, experiences, and stories. Your voice is important. Your wisdom and your hearts are needed. We believe in you. We love you. And thank you for being you.